every business, when they put together a large plan for a change, um, a new software implementation, a reorganization, an acquisition, a divestiture, all of these large changes, there's a pretty solid business case that's behind that. Um, and when they introduce the change, they also anticipate a certain amount of time when they think that that change is going to start to deliver business benefit. But what research shows, and this is from McKinsey and Company, as well as a 2013 study by Willis Towers Watson, um, and there's a different opinion about whether is it 70% of changes that fail, is it 55% of changes uh, fail. Uh, they all agree that a large portion fails, and they fail because leadership is not thinking about how to get their people behind it. And so while they project all of these returns, they also project a time frame to receive those. Um, and, and by not dealing with change and not managing it proactively, hands-on, they're not only going to miss some of those benefits, but they're going to prolong the time it takes for their companies to enjoy those benefits. This week on the podcast, we have Mary Rappaport. She walks us through the 10 steps of change and how we really need to be able to embrace change, but also let people understand change for themselves and individualize and personalize that change. Um, yeah, so we will jump right in. Hi, Mary. Welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to have you here on Managing the Way. Um, would you like to give us a brief intro bio of how uh, you got to where you are today? Well, sure. Well, I'm first of all, my, my company is called Accelerate, and my role is to accelerate people. And I do that by developing custom workshops that help leaders lead, uh, lead major change in their organization and lead people through that change. And also by developing uh, custom sales workshops that combine both selling techniques and ways for sales to help their customers and their channel partners uh, progress through changes that are inevitable in, uh, in the corporate world and as they're trying to grow their business. So that's what I do. Yeah, no, that sounds great. I think it's a combo of helping people and figuring out how to sell their product well. Um, so that's awesome. Mary, so for all of our listeners, Mary sent me over a few notes prior to this um, because she's really interested in change and how that changes our mindsets and also our ROI in, um, in companies. So we're going to roll through those. Um, Mary, do you want to talk about the first one, change is the new normal? Yeah, really. So so generally, I find that there's about 10 truths about change. And, and my, my notion of this is really is that if, if you're focusing on these truths and you're thinking about it from a business perspective, um, instead of just thinking about it as the soft stuff, it really can impact your ROI to master change and, and really understand how you can leverage what change can do for your advantage. Because really the, the first point is that change is the new normal. Um, I've I been researching a lot about what is, uh, what's the perception of all of this change in the marketplace. And I'm certain that you know, some people are becoming fatigued by it. And so I went out there and I did a lot of research and said, what is the current opinion about the pace and the constancy and the urgency of change? And right now there is some research to show that while the pace of change is having an impact and the constant change is having an impact on people and on employees, 
it is here to stay. And there is generally a perception if businesses are not changing and disrupting the market and frankly disrupting themselves, they're not progressing. So what that means is that for people in in workplace, for people who are working to succeed, they're they're receiving this change. They're they're they may be driving some change, but they're also receiving changes that other people are driving. Yeah. And that the key really is that you've got to get on board with it and it is the new normal. Yeah. 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 Do, do you find that people like struggle just to even get on board with it? Are they just pushing back constantly because of this? Well, actually, I, you know, what research seems to show is that there's a wide range of reactions to change. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but, yeah. but change is something that is part of growth. However, you know, kind of the, the second truth is that change initiatives introduced at, at corporate levels, even when really well-funded, even when really well-prepared, even when really well-grounded in the latest technology and business thinking, uh, those initiatives, 70% of those, cha- those change initiatives will fail. Um, and they don't fail because all of those those technical pieces or those business pieces uh, aren't in place. They're, they're failing because the leaders of these change and these change makers are really not paying attention to the impact that the change has on their teams. And so when I say that things fail, it doesn't mean that they just don't go. Um, every business, when they put together a large plan for a change, um, a new software implementation, a reorganization, an acquisition, a divestiture, all of these large changes, there's a pretty solid business case that's behind that. Um, and when they introduce the change, they also anticipate a certain amount of time when they think that that change is going to start to deliver business benefit. But what research shows, and this is from McKinsey and Company, as well as a 2013 study by Willis Towers Watson, um, and there's a different opinion about whether is it 70% of changes that fail, is it 55% of changes uh, fail. Uh, They all agree that a large portion fails, and they fail because leadership is not thinking about how to get their people behind it. And so while they project all of these returns, they also project a time frame to receive those. Um, and, and by not dealing with change and not managing it proactively, hands-on, they're not only going to miss some of those benefits, but they're going to prolong the time it takes for their companies to enjoy those benefits. Um, and, you know, thinking about change as business is really naive because business is driven by people, and change has really significant uh, human impacts. In fact, um, there's research that shows that one of the most common frustrations uh, for navigating change is change fatigue and the, the concern that employees will become disengaged or exhausted. And that's, that was a 2018 study by the conference board that found that there are some really uh, tangible concerns about the pace of change, the constancy of change, and its impact on, on business, uh, business workers and people and, and recouping those investments. But it's still, there's still are a lot of executives and a lot of change leaders that are just, you know, assuming they can explain the logic and, and everything will be great and this change will take place. <laughs> and it doesn't. 
Um, no. So, so then I guess like how the next, the third point is people can't just get on board. Um, so could you go more in depth about like why they're not getting on board or um, just like right. why we're incapable of that? Well, you know, it's, it's funny because um, I hear a lot of executives express frustration with, you know, we've done the research, we've, we've, we've held committees, we've determined this. The logic is very clear why we should be making these changes. And, and they've stood up in front of their teams and they've explained the reasoning and they've explained the numbers. And they're saying, why can't, what's going on? Why can't you just get on board with this? Um, and the truth is that it's a lot easier, first of all, to get on board if you're the one making the change. You know, we've all said, okay, well, I'm there. I've gone through all of my stages of change and I'm ready. But when introducing um, a change, uh, really what happens, we, we're physically and scientifically incapable of processing a change that happens to us immediately. Um, so, you know, the fourth, the fourth view is really that traumatic change results in brain function impairment, which is like, what? What, I'm impaired? That's wild. That's wild. Right, oh, I know, but it's, you know, science shows us that change, even when it's positive, if it's surprising and it's a dramatic change, good or bad, um, it results in a, in a physiological response in the brain that actually impairs all the things that you really need to bring with you to be successful through change. And there was a study conducted by um, Evian Gordon, and they took measurements of fMRI, EEG, hormonal secretions, and they introduced change and they monitored brain activity through this. And what they found was that brain activity actually takes up oxygen and glucose from the blood, takes it out of the brain, and puts it into the body because it, it is assuming there's a flight or fight response. Mm. So if you ever like have a big shock and you can't think straight, uh, you can't like, okay, wait a minute. Um, and you're just not as quick. Um, that's what you're experiencing that flight or fright. And that happens in a big change. Um, so what that, what that looks like is, um, you know, leadership will introduce a large change, be really excited for it. Hope that, that uh, their teams get on board and, and introducing this, their brains are shutting down and they have impaired memory function. They can't process new information. They can't generate new ideas. They have poor analytic thinking, lack of creative insight. They can't solve problems. All of those are really common side effects to when we are experiencing a traumatic change. Um, and the timing on this, you know, the, how long that takes really varies. But those are the things that you're thinking, okay, quick, we've got to respond to this change when, in fact, it's really the hardest time to be able to do that. So, yeah, you're, you're not necessarily smarter in the moment that you're experiencing traumatic change. And, again, even when it's positive. So yeah, that's kind so, of wild. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's crazy that your body just reacts to simple stuff simple like the, as a joke simple what we think is simple but really in fact it's quite large and expansive and can shake shake our lives a little bit um so then my next question i guess number five um is change can be rolled out organizationally um but it's processed individually and per personally um how would you tell people to process these things or um 
figure out what's the, I guess, not necessarily the timeline for them, but um, know that they're on track to understanding this change and helping themselves grow. Yeah, yeah. So, so the real important point about this truth is that um, a lot of the change that we think of change, we get a pronouncement from on high or an executive will introduce, this is our new organization or your job is changing or you're moving to a different city or we're going to merge. Some big change is announced. And the organization will often do a lot of preparation um, pretty thorough preparation in a lot of cases to say, we've thought of everything. Here are the answers to all of the questions we anticipate that you'll ask. Here they are. Ta-da. <laughs> and so they're going to, you know, there's going to be changes that will be rolled out in an organized organizational fashion. But if you have 300 people that you're presenting change to, you will have three different ways that those individuals are processing and dealing with that change. So we immediately take that in. We don't think in those cases as business people, we think as humans and we go, Oh my gosh, what does this mean for me? What's the impact for me? Where am I afraid? Uh, Where am I feeling excited? Um, And each person is going to take that and process that internally. And the reason that's important to know is that again, Often business leaders will want to rely on just a business persona or a business approach or more facts, more proof, more data, when actually human beings are having human experiences and they are taking in this change personally. So when it's a new organization um, to putting, being put together, thinking, what about me? Where do I fit? Will I belong? If it's uh, a promotion, okay, I've got to think about how I fit into this and how can I be successful. So no matter the change that an organization rolls out, there is a personal and individual impact and side to that change that business leaders, if they understand that, can utilize that, can capitalize on that, and really help their teams and their organizations move through change more effectively. Yeah, so no. It's all personal. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So then you mentioned in number six, the sixth pillar, um, that there's distinct phases of change. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, there are many great minds and great thought leaders who have come up with different constructs to, to break down stages of processing a change, all the way from I, I have no idea that there's a change happening to I'm fully on board and excited about and embracing this change. And so, um, you know, there, there are many, many different great change models. Um, and they're all very robust and they're all very good. But the, the point is there are steps um, that, that every person goes through um, and they experience different thoughts and emotions and feelings in each step. And if you are a student of change, and you're, you're really learning how to lead people through change, you become capable of identifying where each individual is in that change you're trying to introduce. And knowing that is, is kind of powerful because then you can, you can understand, okay, this person's at this one stage, this other person is at this other stage, but I recognize where they are um, and, and what they need in that stage. So People, even though somebody might, you might be um, expressing something and they, wow, that was fine. They didn't have any reaction at all. 
Um, they went through every stage of change. They simply really accelerated their progression from the first stage to the to the next stage, where somebody will be stuck on uh, the very first one. And that's kind of the seventh the seventh uh, yeah. rule, which is everybody has their own pace of of dealing with a change. Um, you might introduce change to a group and you're going to be having some people that will get through their stages of change really quickly and some people that will be just stalled in, in denial or stalled in, um, you know, resistance and they will, they, will, they will just not be coming along as fast as some of the other ones. Um, but the goal and, and that the reason this is an important insight is that um, everybody at each stage of change has unique needs. They absolutely have these needs. They're not negotiable needs. They will keep hanging on to these needs until you as the change leader find a way to meet those needs. And once those needs are met, they go on right to the next stage of change. So by studying and understanding the phases of change that exist, a person actually can become very adept in helping people grasp change and adapt to change and finally embrace uh, embrace change. So, yeah, everybody has their own pace, really. Yeah, no, for sure. And you can even see it in daily life. Everyone processes things differently and needs either time to think or they can be right on the spot. And yeah, no, it's fascinating. Right. That's really cool. That's and right. then that kind of goes into number eight too, because eight is managing change um, can become a business superpower. So understand, is that understanding your team and how they um, use change or is that understanding yourself and how they use change? That's a, that's really, uh, that's a really a smart question. They, the, the, the one, the people who have superpowers of change, they, they can monitor and understand their own reactions to change. And a lot of times as we're in management positions, we don't get to pick all the change that happens to us. Um, but we're also responsible to, uh, create the, uh, the impetus and create the support for a change, even when we don't necessarily agree with it or we're not sure about it or we're in our own stage of change. So by developing what I call, you know, change superpowers, you really can become a person that can manage their own needs and say, okay, I must be in this stage of change. I have these needs. What am I going to do to help myself? Um, so that I can become a better leader to usher my people through this. And they can, you know, people can be, be able to empowered to meet their own needs uh, as it relates to change. The other thing that it does, if you develop this skill is I like to think it's like, it's like the guy on, uh, on in the movie that says, I see dead people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, you can begin to just look at someone, watch their behavior, listen to their language um, and really understand which specific change they're saying change stage they're in and know what to do about that. And so you become the person that can get more people through change faster um, by being a student of change and being able to study and apply specific techniques and specific give specific pieces of information at the right time. Uh, and that becomes a really important leadership skill that you can use. So that's definitely possible. For sure. And that rolls right into number nine, which is having a greater ROI. So you're just simply investing in your people um, and understanding what works and what doesn't to just 
and invest in them more, but also invest in your, uh, your team more, which is awesome. Do you have anything else to add about the ROI and how? Uh, yeah. That? Yeah. There's so an ROI with a change really is also because, you know, of the, when, when people put together big changes, there's a time frame they expect to recoup the investments. Mm-hmm. And the theory here is the faster that you can get your team through each of those stages of change, the more quickly you're going to recoup the investment that you've made in that change. And the longer that they stall, even some of them stall in some of these stages and they don't progress all the way through to complete, you know, joy and celebration of the change. um, You're costing yourself money as a business person and you're not, your, your, your investment is still not delivering on what you had anticipated. So, um, that's, it's a really important part of thinking about how do I get the maximum amount out of this big initiative, uh, is really saying, how can I quickly get my team to embrace this change? Um, and, and ultimately you're able, if you're doing this well, you create an organization that can actually become more and more resilient. So the next time you roll out a change, you have skills, uh, and they have skills and coping mechanisms that make it easier as the pace of change continues. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, I like your, the, the 10th point is to sell change. Um, but I often think of it as you're not telling what the change is going to be, or you're not saying what you have to do this, you have to do this, but you're selling them on it and really letting them decide for themselves. Am I going to be a part of this? And that's huge. Yeah. It's, it is huge. And, and when, when I think of sales and selling people, you know, the, the helping lead people through change is not telling them what to do. It's really truly leading. It's really truly helping sell and persuade them. Um, and, and even sales teams. Um, I've done some terrific workshops with sales teams that have taken these principles alongside their selling techniques. And by thinking about the big initiatives that they're, they're, they're changing for their customers, maybe there's a new, uh, there's a product portfolio change or they're rolling out a new tool or they're discontinuing something. You know, salespeople are often the people who are in the, the, the position of telling a lot of key stakeholders and customers what's going to change. And what's interesting is, is a lot of organizations forget to train them on how they can actually use change techniques uh, and change conversation to help accelerate that adoption or that participation in a new program. Uh, and so salespeople um, can learn how to combine change leadership techniques with selling techniques uh, to help really enhance the conversations that they have with their distribution channel, with their customers, and uh, with other executives and their peers to get everyone there faster. And really, uh, they, they tend to receive results a lot more quickly. Uh, when they're combining both of those skill sets. So, yeah, I think that's really fun to do. Yeah, no, I, I think that's huge. You just can't tell people what to do. I, I think that's very important to be able to individualize those ideas um, and, and make them my own um, per se. And yeah, awesome. Well, do you have anything else to add, Mary? This was super insightful and I'm so glad that you came on. Well, no, I just think, I think uh, by, by thinking of change as sort of a secret sauce and something that is really going to help you, um, you know, a lot of times it takes uh, sort of the, the burden of being the person to introduce the change and it creates an opportunity like, wow, I have a 
there's a methodology I could follow, follow that to really help me do this well and get through these tough times a little bit faster. So uh, I think it's always important to to really make it scientific, to really make it process oriented, and 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 a proven process will definitely win a lot more than than shooting from the hip and just hoping people catch on. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, Mary, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? Well, great. Um, well, I'm at uh, M Rappaport at accelerate.com, acceleratebiz.com. And um, the, uh, my website is acceleratebiz.com. So uh, come on out and reach me and learn a little bit more about how uh, change leadership and selling skills can help drive, uh, drive impact. Awesome. We will put those in the show notes so uh, listeners can see them and get them quick. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mary. I appreciated your time. And uh, yeah, I thought you brought some great insights to our listeners. Happy to do it. This podcast is proudly produced by Waypoint. What is Waypoint? Well, if you want to coach your team and not manage them, then Waypoint is worth checking out. Head over to waypointhq.com to learn more or email me directly, mike at waypointhq.com, and I'll demo it for you myself. Thanks for listening.